what up what up what up welcome back to another edition of green with envy and this is a very special edition which we're going to get back to in just a second as always checking in here this is your boy will weir and joining me my co-host my best friend a man who is very lucky that he is my best friend of roughly 30 years joining me today it's the one and only greg makes what it do baby yo it's good man why are you taking shots Yo, the people going to see here real quick, but I teased it at the beginning. We got ourselves a little bit of announcement here with Green with Envy. It's been in the works for a little bit. Now, you've kind of got practice talking about practice when it comes to making this announcement, which, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into here in a minute. But you got practice, so I'm, I'm going to leave the floor to you here to tell the people what we got going on. <laughs> All right, we're about to break some news here on this episode. I guess it's broken news, right? This is broken news, stealing from uh, Jalen and Jacoby. Uh, I don't ha- we don't have the music. We don't have the broken news music. Uh, music. But Green with Envy got some big news, man. We've been we've been uh, working on this pod since um, probably the first round of the playoffs. I went back and actually listened to the first episode. I think it was after Game Two of the Philadelphia 76ers sweep in in the bubble playoffs. And the pod's just been growing and growing and growing. Uh, you join me probably, I don't know, officially every single episode sometime this season. I can't remember exactly when. Um, but when you came on, man, uh, shit just took off to another level. And we've been getting a lot of love, a lot of feedback, a lot of dudes sliding in the DMs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a couple different podcast networks sliding in the DMs, trying to acquire Green with Envy. And we finally found a home that we think is going to be hopefully a long-term healthy relationship because Green with Envy is going to be moving away from its own feed and coming under the umbrella of the 617 pod, which is part of the Crow Worthy Network. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. That's Um, right, baby. Big news. Huge news, huge news. So um, the dude, Zach Muller, who runs uh, Boston Diehards, he's the host of the the official 617 pod, right? So like the recurring pod that's been going on for the last month or so. And Boston Diehards, if you don't follow them, make sure you do. Got like 135,000 followers. So if you follow Green with Envy, I'm sure you probably already follow Boston Diehards. And <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how many new <laughs> a lot, a lot of crossover in there. There between these fan bases. For sure, for sure. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we're going to be, uh, officially under the 617 pod feed going forward. I don't, this episode will probably be under the feed that we have right now, but, um, in the upcoming weeks, we're officially going to be transferring under the 617 pod. Let's go. Yeah, baby. Yo, uh, big shout out to everyone that's actually been, been listening and keeping up with us. And, you know, it's, it's extremely refreshing when we get these, you know, random one-off messages from sometimes people we know. And, and honestly, a lot of times people we don't know who just are messing with our stuff for whatever reason. They like our flow. They think we bring some type of insight that's unique and um, just really appreciative for uh, for all of that. And, and we're really excited to see what we got going with Crowworthy, the 617 podcast. Like Greg said, this might be the last one under officially. We'll still be Green with Envy for the record. We'll be Green with Envy under the 617 podcast umbrella. So you'll still hear us, you know, on, on Twitter, Instagram, Green with Envy pod, Green Envy at Green Envy pod will be where you can find us. Like we're still turning out all of our own content. It's still me and your boy here. So we're going to have a real good time with it. But I got to air some grievances here so that the people know where this intro came from. So 
The reason that this is broken news instead of breaking news is the news already got broke. Now, as as a co-host of this show, I was alarmed to find out that this news was broken without me and not even on our own pod by our one and only Greg Manakis here, which luckily... It was a big shout out to our guy, Kari Thompson, was launching his show on YouTube. Correct me if I'm wrong, Greg. It's called The Kari Show? Yes, The Kari Show. Called The Kari Show. Greg here. Go check that out. Greg was a guest on it. Really good interview. little surprising to your boy when he finds out the news dropping about the Green With Envy podcast moving to 617 under the Crow Worthy Podcast Network. News gets dropped on me as I'm, as I'm getting ready for this pod today. The ink wasn't even dry. My dude couldn't keep it in anymore. And the breaking news goes to Kari. Shout out to you, Kari. You got the break, man. <laughs> He's Woj, man. He's the Woj of the niche podcast game. Um, yo, so first of all, I apologize for that. But <laughs> like I said, 30, 30 years of friendship. There was there was a quick minute where I was like, this fucking guy. But it it, it quickly it quickly backed up. It is all gravy, especially when it was with Kari. Okay, so first of all, to be honest, I didn't think you were gonna listen to that interview. <laughs> Come on, dog. What you think this is? We got yo, Kari's the original guest on yeah. Green with Envy back when it was even, I think it was just Celtics Noise Pod. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I hadn't even yeah. joined on yet. Yeah, I gotta support our our guy out here when he's making moves, combo with uh with you being on the show. Of course I'm gonna listen. <laughs> yeah, but you are you already know my story, so I fi- I figured you might just like skim through it or whatever. But here's the thing. So we recorded that on Friday. And you and I were supposed to sign the contract on Saturday, and I thought we were going to do a pod and talk about it before the episode released. So Kari had told me that he was going to be releasing the pod sometime this week. So I was just like, okay, we're already going to make the announcement. So like, he, he'll, he'll be announcing on his pod after we made our pod. We kind of delayed our schedule a little bit. So we didn't actually do it. And we actually waited a couple more days just to have some people check over the contract and everything. So that's my bad. I'm going to, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to own up to that. I, uh, I didn't consider, you know, that things are fluid and, you know, things change. Um, so that's my bad, but I'm super excited to join Crowworthy. And I don't know if you listened to the whole Kari interview, but I gave you mad love on that. dog. I gave you <laughs> I mad did. love. I did, man. I, I appreciate that. And that's, that's my sales background. You know, you never celebrate anything until the ink is dry. So For until sure. you actually put everything into words, you never know something pops up last second, but uh, no, it's all good, man. It was, it was just funny. I was sitting here. I was, uh, I was trying to get into a top shot drop yesterday for a pack drop. Um, check us out on Twitter. We did, we did a live opening of a, of a pack over the weekend, but I was waiting in line to get another one. I was doing some research for today's pod and i was like oh that's right greg hopped on kari show let me <laughs> let me pull that up in the background while i while i look through some stuff here getting ready for the all-star game and then all of a sudden i just started i was like wait a minute hold on i wasn't i wasn't watching the video i had to I had to pull i had to like rewind and go back and see is this dude really doing this right now uh but that's no it's, it's it's all good man and we're we're excited as hell for this i think this is going to be a big move um so not much changing for those of you listening honestly like we're still going to be posting all the links that you need to follow um one thing that is going to be super helpful and we'll reiterate this once we officially make the move to that feed go over to that feed subscribe follow everything that you would have done with us with the green with envy pod we'll be under that 617 podcast umbrella but we'll keep y'all posted as we uh, as we officially make that launch coming up here uh in the next week or so but the deal is done your boys are moving and moving on up so uh, real quick though hey yeah. man i think it's time i think it's time to celebrate yeah a little cheers right here man we've been best Let's friends it, for uh for 30, 30 years. 
we've been talking about sports for pretty much all that time um, from, you know, doing mini baskets, mini baskets in your, in the living room. Oh yeah. Uh, almost got, almost got my family evicted out of our apartment condo. A couple times. <laughs> Yo, remember how we used to play ball, but we wouldn't even play ball like on a mini hoop. We would go right outside your door. So we'll, we'll used to yeah. live on the ground floor apartment complex. And we would literally just like on the stairs going up to the next level on like the second or third like gap between the two stairs, we would be like, it, it, it would change it. depending on age and height at the time. Yeah. But we would just like go up there and like try and dunk the ball between the stairs. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. I think we used to, we used to use like some of those like mini basketballs that you can win at like a, a carnival or something. Mm-hmm. Or, or even if you go to like Dick's, you can find some of the smaller ones. We would have those, yo, just straight causing a ruckus. And the worst part was sometimes my grandma would be like our babysitter and like when like this older dude was one dude who like he worked overnight so he was always trying to sleep during the day while mm-hmm. me and greg were hooping in the hallways uh he'd always come down and yell at us and yo like cowards greg and i would go hide and make my like 80 year old grandma just be like what are you talking about no one's here right she, just, she, she, she was right or die she was just like no no one's here what you talking about yeah, and meanwhile she, me me and greg are hiding behind like we've been bouncing a basketball for two hours this is the worst <laughs> lie we've worst scheme we've ever tried to come up with yeah, your grandma was an OG. Yeah, rest in peace, grandma. I miss her, but weird transition. But we're gonna make it. What are we gonna do? That's that's a hell of a transition. I don't I don't know how else. That's to the t- do it, those but. are the types of transitions you're gonna get on Crowworthy in the six one seven pod, baby. Yeah, this is why they signed us for these type of transitions here. But we're recording this on a Monday night here, night after the All Star Game. So that's where we're gonna start. Got a got a full rundown here of everything that. That went on last night. They had the skills competition leading into the three-point. Then the first half of the game, dunk contest at halftime, wrapped it up with the second half and the awards. Uh, I got to say, just off the jump, man, I really enjoyed the one-night format. I don't need this two nights of, of Saturday night and then the Sunday game. Like I thought that format was, was was pretty on point. I hope that they actually keep with that moving forward. But let's start with the with the, with the event. So let's go with the skills, three-point, and dunk, and then we'll, we'll jump into the games and hit on the Jays and everything. But let's go through the events. I, I think the skills we can knock out real quick. Stinks. Stinks. Move on. That's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. Fifth graders could do that shit and I'd be more entertained. Like, I don't understand what, what the point of that contest is with NBA players. It's yeah. it's absurd. Yeah, right. We don't need to spend any time on that. Yeah, no, we're moving on. Three-point contest, man. This is <laughs> a three-point contest was dope. I, I really loved it. Um, our guy Jalen unfortunately was caught off guard by the start of it. I don't know. Did you did you catch that? That he Yo. he didn't hear them when they were like three, two. One and then Jalen just kind of stood there looking at the camera and was like, "Oh shit!" and then went to go reach. He was the failing. Bar. He was failing himself, man. No, but I think I think what that's like the perfect encapsulation of Jalen Brown, right? He's just like slightly unfocused all the time. You know that's why he, <laughs> yeah. he's he's such he gets beat off the a, ball like that. Exactly. <laughs> I was I was like, oh my god! Like if this isn't Jalen Brown, I don't know what is. Like, dude's three seconds late on <laughs> on the start time. Yeah, hilarious. Because as all Celtics fans know, if you're you know even a casual Celtics fan, you know that Jalen Brown, great defender, pretty bad off ball defender. It's just like constantly having these mental lapses. So I get a good laugh out of that. Yeah, man. But, you know, he, he, I loved his intro, though. When he came in from the, when they that. were doing the announcement. So uh, set it up for those of you that might not have seen it. They were coming. They were doing the announcements of who's in the three-point contest. And uh, they, they, I'm assuming they purposely went with Jalen first being the hometown guy. And so they were announcing him, giving him, like, you know, first-time All-Star from the Boston Celtics. You know, my guy was in the shadows 
finger spinning on the ball came out just swaggy right into the spotlight. I was so hyped. So actually, right before the three-point contest, me, Greg, and a few of our friends from from back home who were watching the game, we all jumped on a FaceTime. We're like, all right, 10 bucks. Everybody do random draft. Who are you going to pick? I ended up with Jalen, and I was hype after that. I thought he was taking it. He was so confident, and then he missed the starting buzzer, and he just, uh, you know, I, I think he might have had one, either the lowest score or close to the lowest score because he just, he just couldn't get there. Didn't have a horrible showing, but but couldn't quite get on track. On the other hand, Tatum, Tatum showed out, especially in that first round. Tatum, Tatum showed up big time, man. Yeah, I, I was, I was proud of both of them. Um, it was just cool seeing them represent. And uh, you know, speaking of that. <laughs> Speaking of that bet, so first of all, shouts to our guys. Yeah, tell the people what you did. Shouts to the guys, uh, Brian Joyce, Chris Joyce, Mark McDonough. Shouts. Uh, so we had a, we had a FaceTime draft, and I just assumed I have bad luck in general in life. So I just assumed that I was not going to get the first pick. I like any fantasy football draft. Like I've never had the first pick. I'm always like third or fourth or like towards the end of the first round I have first pick so in my mind I'm already like all right someone I'm probably gonna end up with like three or four I'm gonna take Zach Levine everyone's gonna be shocked because they were like oh why did not you take one of the Jays but I ended up with the first pick and I panicked so they asked me who I wanted and I, I had been saying Zach Levine Zach Levine Zach Levine so I said Zach Levine not realizing that I had just passed up on Steph Curry and I tried because you weren't on the call yet yeah, I was on yeah. the call. Yeah, I so like, I tried to take it back, but they were like, no, 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 no. Like, you pick Zach Levine. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right, that's fine. I'll rock with Zach. I've been rocking with Zach all year. So I picked Zach Levine, who didn't make it out of the first round. Um, I could have had Steph Curry, which was the sure bet. And Mike Conley, so there were only five of us that actually were in the bet. So nobody had Mike Conley. So I was rooting for Mike Conley <laughs> to win so that I didn't have to pay 10 bucks. But yeah. shout out, Chris. You won the 10 bucks. You always win shit like that. Yeah, man. Yo, Mike Conley put some pressure on on my guy, too. And you know. Wetty. Yeah, he was. He, I don't know if it was just like you know him finally getting that All Star nod that he was. He was just riding that wave, but passing on Wardell, man. Nobody can shoot like Steph. Just and the fact, like I think back to that video that went viral. I think it was like right before the season started. What 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 he hit? A hundred and three or a hundred and five threes yeah. from the corner. And it's it's honestly one of the most impressive videos i've ever seen and it's just him in a corner shoot it that's it it, it, looks, like else it looks like it's on loop yeah it's like it's like you almost feel like oh no my computer broke or my phone broke and you have yeah. to like the video it. the video restarted and it's like oh yeah back back to back to the you know 10th shot mm-hmm. not but the 100th no, shot the uh, the three point contest was dope, man. I really liked it. I, I actually, love the three point contest. I, I don't remember if they had it last year. That like little uh, Mountain Dew ball that's worth three points, where they pop in. I don't remember if they had that. Last yeah, last year. last year was the first year they did that. Okay, okay. I really like that wrinkle, man. I think that's actually nice. And you know, I was saying one of the things I've always wanted to do in my life, man. I've I've as a shooter, I've never had the opportunity just to get a couple racks and just just go through I, that. If if we ever make it big somehow, better believe you. I'm putting in a half court if I got the money for it and I'm buying racks and I'm buying balls and I'm setting up my own three-point contest because I would do that shit every day. Yo, let me tell you something. We need to make it big soon while, while we're still young because we're young, relatively young. Because, yo, when I see like the, the celebrities out there, I see Quavo um, and Jack Harlow and Lil Baby and 2 Chains. I know 2 Chains was like a legitimate hooper. He was legit. Um, Qua- yeah. Quavo can ball too. Yeah, Quavo can ball, but like, like put me out there. 
Let me hoop, let me hoop with those dudes just a little. Like I feel like I could guard Quavo. Quavo Quavo looks pretty good though. I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I'm not sure I could yeah. guard Quavo, but I, I think I could. I'm pretty good at guarding lefties. He was a le- he was a legit athlete. There's a there's some videos of him being a, a high school QB. I want to say in Atlanta. I think that makes the most sense. Yeah, uh, where he was legit. There's also uh, have you seen the video of apparently little baby who I don't know a ton about, but like uh, apparently he does not frequent the gym very often do you see the video where he's he's trying to figure out how to stretch and jack harlow's trying to yes. teach him how to stretch yes oh it's fantastic unbelievable and then he absolutely bricks that one shot <laughs> yeah little baby wasn't very good quavo just like ate his lunch the whole game he just bullied him but th- th- that 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 shit is the, st- the type of stuff that they should be doing more than the skills challenge like do more shit where you just like bring yeah. in other people to compete like i don't need to see vucevic against sabonis the skills challenge like yeah man as they lumber down the court like making a fucking chess pass it's a chess pass it's a chess pass and a jump shot and then even like the dribbling they have to do like i can't i can barely dribble you've seen in pickup games i can dribble through those cones they put out there like it's not challenging to be able to do so yeah um yeah so skills whack three point very entertaining steph curry steph curry puts on a show that dude's a showman i like that dude's yo, a showman. i was i was literally standing up during that last rack like he's gonna do it he's gonna do it and then when, yeah. he, when he when he paused right before that last ball and let it go i was just like there's no way this is missing no way this is missing mm-hmm. goes in and i just start like screaming and cackling laughing and danielle is she, she's she's like what are you so excited about like what just <laughs> happened <laughs> she's like there's no game on i was like yeah. no, you don't understand steph curry's the man and he just did everything yeah. that you want him to do <laughs> Steph evokes emotions out of grown men just just from shooting that like that doesn't make any sense. Like mm. I was doing it during the game too, which we'll get to yeah, when him and Dame were hitting half court. And you're just like, oh, oh, you're just making yeah. these little like random noises that you know that make your girlfriends wonder what the hell's going on in the yeah. other room. But uh, no, three point contest was awesome. Loved it. I think the three point contest should be the culmination of these of these skills challenges. But let's mm. move to the dunk contest. I think the dunk contest is interesting because I think you and I have slightly different opinions on it we'll, we'll start with last night and then we'll go into our overall thoughts on it okay last night meh, i mean honestly i thought Cassius stanley had the best dunk of the night and he got the worst score and was out mm-hmm. in the first round so i don't know tell me, tell me what you think about the dunk contest because you you know i'm not i'm not all that into it anymore so well here's the thing any event that has judges is automatically just gonna be like up for debate because judges have only ever made things worse and more controversial. Right. So (laughs) when you add judges to this thing, that's like so subjective, um, there's no criteria. It's just like, Oh, did, did I like the dunk or not? It's not like they don't have like a list of criteria that they're following. Um, and then like when, when you're talking about, you didn't enjoy the contest, well, if the judges had got hype over that first dunk, which they should have got hype over that first dunk, because that dunk was probably a 50, that was not an easy dunk. Like that contest automatically starts building buzz and people are excited. But when you get like eight and nine, now the the discourse around the dunk contest goes from like, oh, what a dunk by Stanley. I can't wait to see what he does for the next one to just everybody online. And even the broadcast team is just talking about how bad the judges are for making that mm-hmm. decision. You know what I mean? So like it, it like right from the jump, it kind of killed the mood. So when you kill the mood like that, like I feel like if they had sold that dunk as a as a as as an entire um, event, then it it would have been dope because Obi Toppin's next dunk was sick. I thought that was yeah, that amazing. Was, that, that was a pretty cool dunk too. Actually, I did like that dunk. Right. So like you get two great dunks to start, but like there's controversy after dunk one. 
Like that's that's just gonna ruin the event. You know what I'm saying? And then yeah. Anthony Simons, um, what was his first dunk? He remember? was the one where he did the uh, he put the little like mini hoop up there and like at the top of the square. Okay. And he went and put a ball on there and then mm-hmm. grabbed that and dunked it. So it's from like I don't know, eleven feet, eleven and a half. Yeah, that, then that that's like kind of a cool dunk or whatever. But like everybody, when they watch that, now you're comparing it to Stanley and you're upset because Stanley's dunk was clearly better, right? So like the first round was just filled with negativity when it could have been just dope. Like everyone could have been like, oh shit, Cassius, Cassius Stanley's sick. And then it just killed that dude's confidence, right? So mm-hmm. like when he goes out for his second dunk, he's like, why is everybody hating on me? And then you could tell yeah, he, he panicked. He, he panicked because he couldn't couldn't figure out the dunk. Yeah. And, and you're right, the judges are an issue. But the issue for me starts even before. Like I need some star power in this for me to really care, man. And, and, I, and I get it. The athletes that are in this thing can do some insane stuff. And you hear Kenny Smith talking about it where he's like, oh, they got to make it look more difficult because it is like like some of these dunks are so easy for these dudes. Like I understand what Kenny Smith's saying, even though it's like he shouldn't have to make it look more difficult when it's that graceful and easy for them to do some of these stuff, which is insane. Some of these moves are, are absolutely insane. Dude. But for me, without the star power, I just don't even care – I feel from you. From the jump, man. I feel you. But but think about yeah, I mean, we're we're arguing two different points here, but the Obi Toppin dunk, dude, like think about the coordination that takes to one hand as you're running, put the ball through your legs, catch with the same hand and windmill it backwards. Like that was insane. What a hard dunk. Like try just yeah, just I, try will just try and do that, put the ball through your legs and catch the ball and just like do a layup. Like that would be hard to do. You know what I'm saying? Right, you think you think I could pull that off in my doorway? No chance. No, no <laughs> not even not even close. But I, I hear your point, right? If like next year if they're like, all right, we need star power. We're bringing Zion. We're bringing John Morant. Like we get one of the two Aaron Gordon or Zach Levine, mm-hmm. um, you know, and like you bring in these, these names, people are going to tune in and the dunks are going to feel more exciting just because there, there is some clout behind the names. Um, I don't, I don't, I, the, he, I was like almost upset that you had control of uh, Twitter last night when you put out that ridiculous <laughs> statement, pause the dunk contest for five years and let them build. High. That is insane. Yeah, man. Let's build, like, five years is probably a bit too much, but like every, every two to three years, let's build a little hype to it, get a little excitement. And like, you can't guarantee you're going to get the biggest stars, but I feel like we see, you know, a, a lot of the, like these dunks just don't stand out anymore. Like you look through the last couple of years, it's very rare that a lot of them stand out anymore. And so I think if you give it that that little that little breath, like they, they took a pause, I think, from like 97 to 2000. And that's mm-hmm. when Vince came back with the it's over. It's okay. over. That's when oh, he came so back with that. That that was after a break in the dunk contest. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. Like it, like it rejuvenated. Like that's, that's why I feel mm-hmm. like if you do it every two, three years, maybe not five. Five was probably a little extreme, but like yeah. you know, every every two to three years, <laughs> you, you got a better chance. Will, Will Will's over here arguing that the dunk contest should be less frequent than the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's a bit extreme. I was I, I was I was on one. I was, I was on one last night. But but I'm just saying, you can build that hype and maybe then try and like like recruit. So it's like, hey, you don't got to worry about everyone pestering you every year to do it. It's like, yo, Zion, do it one year. Like LeBron's probably LeBron's definitely past the point of him doing it. Yeah. But like Ja doing it one year. It's you know, it, it becomes a little bit more realistic. So I think right now, like we're at a, at a place where like what you're saying about like the dunks themselves, if you just take them for what they are, there's certainly appreciation in the moment for some of them where you're like, ooh, that was that was tough, that was cool. Mm-hmm. But there's not the excitement. There's not the excitement that you know yeah. that a guy would bring. I mean, like honestly, like. Cassius Stanley, Anthony Simons, and Obi Toppin. Obi has barely played his rookie year. He's been in and out with some injuries, doesn't play much. Anthony Simons, you know, he's he 
on the back end of the of the Portland rotation. Mm-hmm. And Cash Stanley's just a legit G Leaguer. So this felt yeah. like more like a G League showcase than an NBA All Star showcase. Yeah, for and that's sure. where for me it. it just loses that it loses any type of cachet. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, you want to get to the game? Yeah, let's let's go into the game, man. Because I, I I've I've got. You enjoyed the game, I think, a little bit more than I did. I like the game. I was digging the game. You were you were digging it. So tell me, tell me why. Let's start there. Tell me why you were digging it so much last night. Okay. Well, first of all, I just like the All Star game. Like I feel like the All Star game is something you either fuck with or you don't. Pretty much. Like I was having conversations with some people at work today, and our buddy Brett was like, "Oh." all-star games is not for me. You can't watch it. And then Townsend comes in and he's like, yo, I would rather watch the all-star game than the super bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit much, but all, yeah. right. all right. I was like, I was like, okay, Townsend, that's a hot take. You should come on the pod and say that. <laughs> um, but that's what I'm saying. Like, there's just like kind of two different people. You either like the all-star game or you don't. I, I'm more someone who enjoys just like watching these dudes play. Cause I think it's cool seeing all the best players play together. Um, and then when you add that, I, I felt like the guys were actually trying a little bit harder. I think the narrative that guys don't try in the all-star game was kind of coloring a lot of how people were perceiving the game last night. Cause I actually thought dudes were playing a little bit harder than they have in the past. Like yeah. they, I mean, dude, they they weren't like trudging up and down the court. They were competing one-on-one on defense. Like they weren't playing team defense and, you know, stuff like that. But like, if you got, in an ISO situation, like guys were trying they, for the most part, like when people have Kyrie on them, they're just like, nah, like I'm not, I'm not about to get embarrassed. I <laughs> like, go ahead just go to the rack. But I like that. And then when you have these moments, right, the all-star game as a game, just think like an NBA basketball game in itself, the whole 48 minutes isn't great. There are moments within each game mm-hmm. and all you can ask for in the all-star game is that you have some dope moments. And then, I mean, dude, the Steph Curry, Dame Lillard half court. That was, dope. was that, that, that shit was ridiculous. Dope. That was ridiculous. And then you had that one little stretch where like the, the three point guards got alley oops on back to back to back possessions. Like that was crazy. But, but this is part of the issue specifically for last night's game. Those guys were all on the same team. You know what I mean? Like they're like like the the fun players from last night were pretty much all on the same team. And like James Harden kind of mailed it in. LeBron certainly mailed it in, even though he was on the team that we're, we're talking about. Luka mm-hmm. kind of mailed it in. Kyrie started off where I thought Kyrie was was going to be having one of those nights where he's going for an MVP, he's going to get in his bag. He played and well. He kind of he played well, but he, he kind of tailed off towards the end, and it became you're right the Stephen Dame part, and then three the three guards and Giannis were really what saved the game for me. But they were mm-hmm. just all on the same team. And this is very specific to yeah, but, just last night. No, I, I hear you, but. I mean, you're going to get upset because the guys that are good at shooting shot well, and the other guys in the other team that are also good at shooting didn't shoot as well. You know what I mean? Like Ky- Kyrie and James Harden are just as capable of those offensive fireworks as Steph Curry and Dame Lillard. Like if it were the opposite yeah. way around, people would have been like, "Oh, it's not fair." Like Kyrie and James Harden were on the floor together. Like I wish one they of were, those but I don't. On the other team, you know what they, I'm saying? They, they, yeah, they totally are. I wouldn't say I'm upset about, it, but it's just like. It, it, I guess it just didn't play out that way last night. And like, I, I will say this, if the game had been closer, there was, there was a brief moment where I will agree with you on the defense where in the fourth quarter, the, the blue team, which I believe was team Durant, Jason mm-hmm. Tatum and everybody, it felt like when they, they were going to try and make it a game at the very end, there was like a two, three minute stretch where, where they put a little bit of pressure on to try and make it a game with that Elam ending. And that's when I, I, I perked up for a second, but other Yo, than that, man, I mean, it feels like the deep. There, there's more defense in a lifetime fitness video in the summer than there is than there is <laughs> than there is at one of these all stars. So games. here's my thing, man. I, I actually think the, the second half 
um, team Durant tried hard the whole, the whole half because they lost both the first two quarters and like, they are playing for charity, right? That they don't want to get shut out. Like they want, they want to, the poor Durant charity did get shut out. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So I felt, I actually felt like at the beginning of the third quarter, they came out with a purpose and they had a pretty sizable lead. I think they were up at like eight points in the third quarter. And then like Kyrie came out of the game and Dame Lillard came into the game and like, they just got outplayed. Jalen hit a bunch of shots. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I don't think that they were necessarily not playing hard. I just think the other team played better. That that's well, kind of just my takeaway. I don't I don't think guys were mailing it in. Like I do think Luca mailed it in for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like LeBron, I mean, LeBron didn't try. Le- LeBron played 13 minutes. Yeah. yeah but the guys but, that were out there were playing hard, I thought. Eh, they, they weren't playing as hard as a real game. I'm of not, course. But they're playing hard where, for All-Star games. And this game is what numbers. I'm going to get to here. Is that an All-Star game is is inherently hard to actually do. It's hard to have a good All-Star game regardless of what sport it is. So that's why mm-hmm. I don't like like I'm not I'm not like going to get on a hill here and like preach about the All-Star game. I just I just quite honestly I don't I don't care enough cuz it's really yeah. hard. Like the Pro Bowl stinks every year. The Pro Bowl yeah. is really hard Worst to have game. a real football Worst game. game. The only All-Star game that is somewhat uh, realistic that does a good job is baseball only because you can't really fake baseball other than mm-hmm. like pitchers not really coming inside as far as like you know to back yeah. a guy off the plate other than that you can't really fake baseball you may not like yeah you're not going to have a guy who throws up, 90 but... a 98 mile an hour power pitcher is not going to come out and throw 88 yeah exactly they're, they're still going to be playing a semblance of, of mm-hmm. what the game actually yeah, is and that's, that's just kind of the nature of it but here's a quick solution that I think actually would make this really interesting. And you touched on kind of part of my idea earlier where like some of the cool parts were like one of the best parts, the brief little civil war we got between Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, that little one-on-one that was dope. That was a really cool moment. Tatum comes out, smacks the floor. They go one-on-one. That was cool. How about this right now? There's 24 players that that make the all-star team. What if they broke them up into eight groups of three and you turn this into like a three on three, either king of the court or uh, or turn into a bracket tournament style where you got three on threes from and you can and you can still do it schoolyard style like they're doing now. Or you can do it lottery style so you can get a ball handler, a wing and a big on each team. I think that would be and NBA likes to innovate. So I, I feel like that would be something that'd be pretty dope to see. Yeah, three on three, you could do NBA Jam, two on two. I think that would be cool. Um, you know, considering the big three exists, it might be cool to like yeah. bring in one of those teams, like the the, the last champion and bring sure them, in, them into the mix. Yeah. No, yeah, I, 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 I think I think that's a good idea. Um, but I don't know if the players would be as invested in that. Um, because it I don't know, man. It's just not a real game. I, I mean, yeah, of course. But you find a way to make it for charity, and I think it gives more opportunities for that. Like, yo, let's see Kyrie's handles. Let's see, you know, let, let's see a little bit more of that one on one while still having that kind okay. of three on three where you can set up some alley oops and stuff mixed in for, sure. for the big men. So let me push back on that a little bit and yeah. ask you this question: Do you have you watched the big three, and do you enjoy the big three? I've watched it a little bit. Um, I definitely don't keep up with it. But mostly because they're primarily older, out of shape dudes that I just don't care to watch. Okay, yeah, I, I mean, I just, I just don't think the big three is fun to watch. And I, 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 I do enjoy watching some of those players, like mm-hmm. when I see Rashad McCants, who's my absolute like all time favorite well, college boy. player. That's yeah. my boy. Shout out Rashad McCants. He could still play in the league, according to you. <laughs> yeah, man, Celtics sign Rashad McCants. What you doing, Danny? Just get him on the squad. Uh, yeah, man, I. I 
I just don't really enjoy watching that as much as I enjoy watching five on five. So I'd, no, I'd rather I see, I'd rather see a King of the court ones instead of the skills competition. Yeah, I agree. I, I think there's variations of one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three that I think would be, that could be cool. Four-on-four doesn't make sense. Just play five-on-five. But mm-hmm. I think there's other variations and things they could do, but that's, that's not really the bigger point. Let's, let's talk just for a second. Let's, let's touch on the Jays so we can then mm-hmm. transition into some Celtic talk here. How do you think the Jays handled themselves last night? Good, man. And I, I was, I was, texting with you about this and I was tweeting about this. I listened to the Bill Simmons pod and with Ryan Rosillo and he um, basically, I basically have the same thoughts that he does, but I don't want to like make it sound like I'm stealing his idea. Cause I was saying this before, um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I thought it was really important for Jalen. I really did. Um, I thought it was a confidence builder. <laughs> I know it might sound silly, but Jalen came out and he showed out in his hometown. Um, he really looked like he belonged. And I think that, for Jalen, who, you know, you know, you know, I'm like super big into the mental aspect of the game and how guys see themselves mm-hmm. and self-confidence and self-esteem and all that. And it's got to be difficult for Jalen Brown to constantly be compared as like second banana to Jason Tatum when he's a year older and has basically been as successful as Jason Tatum has been. Um, you know, there, there's just a lot of like Tatum's I don't know, man. They're both like handsome dudes and good looking dudes, but I feel like <laughs> Jason Tatum is considered the better looking of them. Like he's, you know, he's taller than him. He's like got bigger shoulders than him. Like every J- Jalen Brown's just like not measuring up to Jason Tatum as much as like in, in, in Jason a lot Tatum of people's gets, eyes. The, gets the spokesperson deals. Exactly. Exactly. Like Jason Tatum is kind of like the golden boy of the Celtics right now. And for Jalen in his hometown, I think it was so important for him to show out and be like, yo, I am my own dude. I'm Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. I'm underappreciated Jalen Brown. I'm just as good as Jason Tatum, if not better. Like, watch me play against the best dudes, and you're not gonna you're not gonna um second guess my presence in this game. And I thought that was so important for him. And I think that that's going to hopefully translate into continued ascension of Jalen Brown from one time all-star 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 to perennial all-star. Yeah, man. No, I, th- I think just just being respected among your peers and just kind of being on the court and looking around, like I, I do think that has a little bit of merit to it. Uh, how they actually play in the game, I I, I mean, I, they they both played solid, which was which was great. Um, I, I'll be honest, I got a little worried for a second that Jalen and one three that just got me nervous for a second to make sure everything went well with that land and he got up real quick. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool, I guess. I guess later on, I found out uh, it was his brother that was sitting right yeah. there in that corner that was able to pick him up. So that that was pretty. Yeah, dope. He, he tweeted out. He was like, "Yo, somebody find me the clip of my brother picking me up." That yeah, was really cool. exactly. That that's a really cool moment. But hey, hold on, hold on. Let me let me, let me let me stop you real quick. Yeah. Yo, Jalen, I, and I, I only looked through a couple of the, the replies, but all these people gave you what you wanted and sent you the video. And like Jalen didn't like thank anybody or like, you know, like anything or like give anybody a shout. It's like, come on, Jalen, like these people did the homework for you. Just like give him a shout. Give him a like. Imagine how, if it was like a 14 year old kid that would have made their year if Jalen Brown like liked their tweet. No, no, no. The social media manner police out here. I like it. I like yeah. it. But no, but it's, it's, it's but it's funny you say that though because his shoes I thought was a pretty cool story where it was I forget how the interaction started but it was between him and T Mac back when when Jalen was in was in high school or grade school depending on on oh, on the timeline okay. of it and so on his shoes 
he had the tweet response that uh, DMAC had sent to him on Twitter, which was um, stay humble and stay hungry. Mm-hmm. And so on his shoes last night, he had humble and hungry on. I on saw that. Day, I didn't know the story. Of was, it though. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool story. So actually, T-Mac got two different shout outs last night. He got that and then Anthony Simons had his jersey on. But I thought that was a really cool story. Oh, can we stop real quick and just like give T-Mac yeah. his give T-Mac his flowers because he deserves a man. T-Mac, one of the most underappreciated superstars and kind of forgotten how great he was. I think for a couple of years, Tracy McGrady was the best shooting guard in the league in a league that had Kobe Bryant and Vince Carter playing at like their all time best. So T-Mac, I think if, if you're someone who's listening to the pod, who's maybe, I don't know, born after the year 2000 and like maybe you're memories of t-mac or him on the spurs or something like that Yo, go watch <laughs> tracy mcgrady on the magic i have never seen a guy but i would say lebron james is one tracy mcgrady is two in terms of just like sheer physical dominance and athletic dominance on a court live um tracy mcgrady you're one of my favorite players of all time i used to have all your gear i used to try and do that little behind the backs uh, fadeaway shot that used to do shout out you t-mac yeah, man. One of my favorite what ifs in, in NBA history is the if he had stayed in Toronto, the him and him and yeah. Vince teaming up and actually forming like a Scotty Michael type tandem. I really, and especially the fact with their cousins, that's like the even cooler part about yeah. that is that would have been one of I think the all time coolest. And I really rock with those early Raptors teams, so that would have been sure. that would have been a whole other level that that they could have taken them to, but. You know, we could we could sit here and go into nostalgia all day with all. Yeah, what, what are we already like? Our favorites. We're already like what forty minutes into the pot. <laughs> we, yeah, we going deep here, so we, we we're gonna get back into we're gonna snap back to reality here. We're gonna we're gonna get into the moment here. So, second half coming up tips off on Thursday against the Brooklyn Nets. Right now, just a quick refresher: Celtics after everything we've gone through, fourth in the Eastern Conference, nineteen seventeen, two games above five hundred. So let's start with the the first half here, Greg. Give me give me something that you've either learned from this team now that we're halfway through the season, or maybe something that that reaffirmed something you thought about this team going into it. You take it whichever way you want. Okay, um, I was wrong about Kemba being being washed. I think um, I, I wrote that article early, early in the year about how it's probably time for Marcus Smart to be the starting point guard moving forward. And that, you know, I think the, the big argument I was making was when you have stem, stem cells injected into your knees, then yeah, yeah it's the whiskey, man. Um, when you have, <laughs> when you have don't, stem don't cells, drink in pod kids. Don't drink. Exactly. In when you have stem cells injected into your knees that like, that's not a good sign. And like, I, I was advocating for Kemba to, maybe like the Celtics to be a little forward thinking and to bring Kemba off the bench as a six man who could just come in and light shit on fire. Um, and I was wrong. Kemba's been hooping. Uh, I, I, I'm excited to see what he, what he's about to do in the second half because Kemba looks good, man. He looks back. How about you? What have you learned? Yeah, man, that's, that's huge for us. For, for me, I'm, I'm going to stick with Lob. I'm going to go with Lob Williams actually. And I'll say Lob for you. I won't call him the Time Lord. We'll Thank stay you. with Lob. <laughs> I will say on Twitter, I, if, if you see us tweeting and it says Time Lord instead of Lob, you know who's got the handles. But um, but no, but honestly, Lob Williams has been somebody that saw a little bit of potential from him from him last year. And there were even moments in the playoffs where Brad kind of unleashed him. And you could see a little bit of it. But I, I didn't I didn't know what we had. And I think we're even still kind of discovering what the to, to what extent Rob Williams is gonna be a part of this team or a part of this future. But he's been one of those one of those players that's really been a bright moment in a season of that's been a, a full of ups and downs all across the board, you know, Rob Williams has been relatively consistent. And when he's gotten minutes of being somebody that every time you watch him, 
I feel like you walk away impressed or you walk away with a new understanding of where he can be and what his role can be within this team and how he can help to bring this team and bring value to this team. So I think that's something I didn't necessarily expect. I kind of thought it was, you know, is in the back of my mind as something that was going to be important for this team. I was probably more focused on how do Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tice, you know, how, how do they work as the main uh, front court players for the Celtics, mm-hmm. not giving as much thought to like, Hey, Lob's kind of like he's, he's breaking case of emergency. Well, now he's the, now he, you know, there's a case and we'll, we'll probably talk about it here in just a minute. He's, there's a case that he's the go-to, you know, mm-hmm. not not breaking case. He's he's the guy you need, you need to have out there. So I think that was something that 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 caught me off guard. And he's always been talented, you know. We talked about this. He's supposed to be a lottery pick. Fell down for you know for, for different reasons. Fell down to the 27th, 28th pick to the Celtics, and you know that's that's damn good value at 27, 28. A guy that's this talented, you know, will it will it work out to to the point that he becomes? Yeah, I don't think he, I don't necessarily see him as an all star or something like that. But but there's that there's so much to Rob Williams that hasn't even been tapped into yet, and I think that's going to be a big part going into the second half of the year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm going to talk about Lob in the in the next section. Uh, one more thing that I I learned about this team is um, with Gordon Hayward gone, the importance of having multiple ball handlers on the court. And I think you've seen that with Stevens over the last four games, the four game winning streak. He relegated Aaron Neesmith to the bench. I don't know if that was because of Neesmith's back or whatever. And he he played Jeff Teague to the chagrin of all yeah. Celtics fans. And I think <laughs> having multiple point guards on the floor at all times um, is is huge for the Celtics because. You know, the double big lineup just doesn't really work. Maybe it's going to come in handy against like the Philadelphia 76ers of the, of the mm-hmm. world later in the season, uh, the the Milwaukee Bucks of the world later in the season. But just on a game to game basis, I think having more spacing and more guys who can get paint touches is the way the Celtics need to go. Yeah. And, and to your Gordon Hayward point, you know, I think after the initial disappointment of him leaving, there was a little bit of thought like, Hey man, like we we haven't had Gordon Hayward for so many moments over the last three years, and primarily we didn't have him for the bubble run last year, and we made it all the way to the East. We made it within two games of the NBA Finals. You know, he came back midway through that Miami Heat series. Clearly, wasn't himself, but it's like that team made it all the way there. So, so why should we really expect that much of a drop off? But you see, like you said, not having that additional ball handler, not having that additional playmaker to create, not even just not even just his own shot, but to create shots for others. Not having somebody you can trust on that defensive versatility on the wing. You know, there's so many little things, and he was so overqualified for all of those things that he was doing for us. But they shine so brightly right now, and that's why. You know, as we're getting towards that March 25th deadline, we're still trying to fill the shoes of Gordon Hayward when he left. That's one thing Celtics just haven't been able to do. So, you know, with that, let's look into the second half. Now, there's a lot of things that that Greg and I got on our mind here. So we want to try and be as concise with this as possible. So we've mapped this out. This is going to be about 12 minutes here. And there's a lot of things that we want to see from this team, from the organization, from the coach, all the way up and down the organization that, that, that we could point to that we want to see here in the second half. But we're going to try and keep it to six things. Each of them, we're going to put two minutes on the clock. We're going to keep this to about 12 minutes. We're going to alternate the things that we want to see here in this second half. So let me get myself set up here. We're going to start with you, Greg. Are you ready to give us the first thing that you want to see from this team in the second half? I think I am. Let me just make sure I am unmuted. I'm ready to go, baby. All right, bro. Let's hit it. Go. All right. Lob Williams, you said it earlier. Lob Williams should be closing every single game. 
right? I understand Stevens is big on, you know, situational basketball, doing his best to find the best matchup and exploit weaknesses. But let's be honest, yo, this team ain't winning the ship this year or in the future with Daniel Tice at the five. Um, I'd like to explore trades for Tice. I think he has value. I don't want to re-sign him moving forward because I think he's going to get the bag in the offseason. He's he, he's good. Daniel Tice is good. Um, but I don't think that the Celtics ceiling is with Daniel Tice, right? And I've been saying this all year. We have clips before of, of me saying that we need to close with Rob Williams. But we need to increase our risk profile and our most volatile but most profitable asset is Lob Williams. Lob Williams is the Boston Celtics Bitcoin. So let's see how he'll rise. Uh, some Robert Williams stats for you is top 15 in the following categories. Field goal percentage, true shooting percentage, effective field goal percentage, rebound rate, blocks per game, and block percentage. Lob Williams, as what I've seen, if I understand the block percentage stat correctly, he's <laughs> averaging about 70% of the Boston Celtics blocks. Um, I don't know if that's true. I might have to double check that stat, but <laughs> Lob Williams, that seems ridiculous. Um, but Lob Williams needs to be in the closing five, and that is my first thing that I want to see. Okay, I, I disagree with you on the Daniel Tice thing as far as the 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 trade value that that he holds being on an expiring deal because I think that value would lie within a contender, somebody that's that's looking to mostly win right now. And what we could get in return from somebody from from a team like that, I think is is iffy. And therefore, I think Rob Williams' trade value is 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 much higher than than Daniel Tice. But to your point, I you've completely convinced me on the vertical threat of of Rob Williams versus what Daniel Tice can give to you spacing quickly. Do you think it matters if Tice or Robert Williams is the starter or it's more important about who closes? Yeah, it's about it's about who closes. And we've we've said this before. There, there's a clip of us saying this already. Um what who's more of the threat at the end of the game, right? who is the defense actually more concerned about? We say it all the time. If you were the other team, what would you rather the Celtics do play lob Williams or play mm -hmm. Daniel Tice? If you're an opponent, you want them to play Daniel Tice. You do not want to go up against lob Williams athleticism and that vertical spacing. So I think you've got to play lob Williams and I need Brad Stevens to start trusting him at the end of games. That is our highest ceiling. As I said, yep. lob Williams Celtics, Bitcoin. Yep, I think we got to get a couple thirty-minute games out of uh, out of Rob Williams just to see what we got. We got we got to see what that looks like. Absolutely. Right. So my number one thing, y'all know cardiac Kemba. I need some consistency Kemba. That's what I need from in here. We started to see it towards the tail end of that of that first half. Over the last seven games, Kemba's in a plus-minus can be a little tricky here, but in those last seven games, Kemba's in the positive for all plus-minus for each of those games. Five and two, the Celtics are in those seven. As Kemba goes, so do the Celtics. A lot of what we've talked about throughout this first season about the issues with whether it be scoring, creativity, playmaking, Kemba solves a lot of those issues. He has his own deficiencies on the defensive end. We've been over that. We know that. Steven sets it up so that we try and uh, reduce that risk as much as possible, switching off ball, different ways that we've seen that manifest. Kemba's also not afraid to jump in there and take a charge. So for me, the way the Celtics go is the way Kemba goes. Kemba is really the key to all of this. As much as we love the Jays, as much as we need, you know, full strength and health, which we'll get into, depending on what happens, you know, with, with Tice and Lob and Tristan, who's playing the five, if Kemba can play consistent he can actually be he can be consistently that third option that's what's going to make this team go and that's what's going to lift this team ceiling i love it i love it well what do you need kemba to if you said consistency what do you need him averaging on a nightly basis traditional stats I mean, traditional, I, I need him somewhere around 18 to 20, you know, five assists a game, something like that. I just, the thing we can't have 
is those one for 12s against the Lakers, the one mm-hmm. for 13 from three against the Pels. Like if he just goes two or makes two or three of those shots in each of those games, those are both W's. We just can't have those monstrous dips where it's completely ineffective for him. And yeah, he, th- those that's the area that I need. I don't need a ton more than what he's doing. Where he's trending is where I need him at. And I just need him to remain consistent. We'll have a flop here and there, but got to remain consistent. What's your what's your second take here, Greg? Third take overall. Okay, so it kind of goes along with what you were saying um, in terms of playmaking, but I want I kind of want to see it as a as a whole as a team. I want to see more ball movement and less reliance on the three point shot. So through two games in March, very small sample size, but the Celtics have averaged twenty five assists per game, and which is basically what we average when we win. Okay, so we average about twenty four point eight assists per game when we win, and when we lose, we average about twenty assists per game. So. You know, when we win, we average about 14 threes per game, but 10 when we lose. So maybe it's as simple as those four extra assists are what um, is is basically comes down to make or miss, right? We get those four extra assists when we hit four extra shots. But I think it's, um, you know, where are we getting those three point shots? Are we getting them off of ball movement and paint touches Mm -hmm. or are we getting them off of isolation? You know, so I just, I don't want to win when we shoot well, right? And lose when we don't. I don't think that's really fun to watch because it's just make or miss. I want a team that can win in multiple ways. So when our fastball isn't fasting, when our curve isn't curving, how can we manufacture winning basketball? And that's what I want to see out of the Celtics, you know, a more consistent um, approach to the game, less reliance on the three, more paint touches. Let's go Celtics. Let's get this second half consistent (laughs) as Will said. No, nah, no, nah, you're right, man. That ball movement, especially late in games, because I feel like there's been, there's been, there's been times where in the first half you see it kind of zipping around, and then for whatever reason, in the second half. It, it just kind of abandons that. And, you know, that's something I think the Celtics need to get away from. You talked about their assists right now. Overall, 27th in assists. That's just not good enough. You know, when you look up and down, and, and I started doing this before the pot, I was, was going to put in a couple of stats in our pregame sheet. Like, this is where the Celtics rank and all these different stats. You know, the 27th and assist really stands out. And almost every other stat you can find in the Celtics, they're somewhere within that 12 to 20 range. Very average. Very average across the mm-hmm. board in almost any significant stat that you can drum up. There's very few that you're going to find the Celtics in the top 10 in. And most of them, they're going to live right in that meaty part of the curve. So I think ball movement, like you're talking about, is going to be something that's key uh, for the Celtics to be able to improve upon that. Yeah, for sure. And let me piggyback off that one more uh, real quick. So in terms of more ball movement, I also think that means we need to be less reliant on pick and roll, right? So 21% of our possessions are pick and roll, and that's top 10 in the league. However, we only average 0.89 points per possession in pick and roll, and that's bottom 12. And that leads to 30, we are 34th percentile in the league in pick and roll efficiency. So maybe chill on the pick and roll. Um, maybe our, those numbers come up a little bit with Kemba being hundred percent healthy, but more ball movement, less reliant on the pick and roll shot, uh, call back to our conversation with Adam Taylor. I think that's going to do wonders for the Celtics in the second half. Yeah. And playing right into that is my, is my next thing that I want to see from this team in the second half. So this is our, this is our fourth out of six here. I want to see a healthy best four. We haven't seen our four best players on the court for more than 28 minutes. I believe that's in one game, might be over two games, but 28 minutes that we've seen the Jays, Kemba, and Marcus Smart all share the floor. So for everything that we've seen with the ups and the downs of this season, that's the one thing you can say. It's kind of like the old Perk rule when Perk was out. You never lost with our best five, which, you know, it's a little murky on the details there. But, you know, 
the 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 stance still applies. Our healthy best four have not really been out there consistently enough. And and you know we need to have that happen before we get to the playoffs. We need to have that happen. You think of a team like the Clippers last year, where they one of the things that was very evident when they got into that second round. Despite their talent, they didn't have a consistency. They didn't have a flow to their team. Their best players hadn't played enough with each other. And a lot of that was from the the way that they were resting Paul George, Kawhi, you know, Pat Beverly and others in and out of the lineup that you could never really get a rhythm with your core players. And so I think that's really important for us to have the four of them together. And I think with Marcus Smart out there, you run a lineup that has Marcus and Kemba out there. Neither one of them have been able to share the floor together. The two of them on the floor will keep the ball moving. They'll keep more creative playmakers on on the floor to be able to spread that ball around and not keep that ball from being stagnant. Of course, there's going to be frustrations at times with Marcus. We just know that happens, but his playmaking and his creativity is something that we've seen over the last couple of weeks with him gone. We've missed probably more than I actually estimated, especially when Kemba was coming back as Marcus went out. I kind of figured it would be somewhat negligible, but it's been very noticeable. And so I think getting him back in there addresses your point and gives us a chance to really see what this team is. We haven't had that opportunity yet. For sure. I think you went a little bit over the uh, two-minute shot clock there. but (laughs) (laughs) We're we're over anyway, so we just roll it. We roll it. I feel you, bro. But, yeah, sometimes basketball is as simple as as are your best players playing. And the Celtics have not had that. So, you know, all the stuff we're talking about, like, oh, pick and roll needs to change, defense needs to change. Maybe it's just our best players need to be on the floor. That's very simple. Very simple. What's your next point? Okay. um, So Celtics Twitter has been coming at Brad Stevens all season. Um, and you know, I think a lot of it is unfair criticism, but I do think I want to see a little bit more, um, play to win Brad, like playoff mode, Brad, we hear about playoff P Paul George. I need to see playoff B playoff coach Stevens. Okay. I want to see coach Stevens coaching to win. Like he did the last four games. And that means like, Hey bro, chill on semi Ojale, chill on Javante (laughs) green. Like Javante Green does not need to be starting any games, just even if there are injuries. It's just like what Stevens What's the is, benefit. Steven, yeah, Stevens is so he he has such a strong belief in situational basketball and that everybody has a role to play on the team. And he really believes Javante Green is his best defender guarding three-point shooters. But I just I just don't want to see it anymore, Brad. I want to see you playing a nine-man rotation, 10 max, playing your best guys. When Romeo Langford comes back, I need to see him getting the minutes that you know Celtics Twitter believes that he should get and give him every chance to succeed because Brad Stevens needs to find that ninth guy. If we don't make a trade, we need to find that ninth guy, and it needs to be a wing player. It, it can't be Jeff Teague. Right. It probably can't even be Peyton Pritchard. So I, I we need a little bit more size on the floor. And um, I want to see Brad just like and say, all right, guys, you played your role in the first half of the season. Second half of the season is all about winning. So the only thing that I will say as a caveat to that is I will give Brad until after the trade deadline for that to be the case. Because okay. I do think I, w- I want to see after the trade deadline, there's no more messing around. There's we got to find this is what it is. This is what we're working with. That's fair. To, to this point. The one thing that I will push back on Celtics Twitter with Brad Stevens and his rotations is you just don't know consistently enough off the bench what you're getting from anybody. And so for him, he's trying to play the matchup because he knows he can't just rely on, mm-hmm. hey, I know if I plug in you know, Grant Williams, I'm getting 10 and 5 a night. You know, There's no Thad Young on this bench right now where you know you're getting 12, 5 and 5. Come on, Danny. I like that. I'm a big Thad fan. I like that. We'll see what that happens. But no, He's like it, a 48% free throw shooter. 
yeah, that ain't that ain't that ain't great. But but he give, but I think he gives you a lot more than most than just about anybody on our bench right now from a productivity standpoint. But oh, for sure, for sure. The, just the point being is that Brad can't trust it night to night. Become the playoffs. It is come after the trade deadline. Excuse me. It is what it is. It's time to prep for the playoffs. Time to stop messing around. My last thing: energy. This team has been up and down with energy mm-hmm. all year, and that that shouldn't matter who's in the lineup. That shouldn't matter as much. Obviously, Marcus not being there for the last couple of weeks, you know, he's kind of our energizer bunny. But fans are coming back on the 29th. That's cool. You know, we're heading towards the playoffs. This is the time where I want to see some consistency. That's all three of my points had to do with being consistent, trusting the process. Trust, just like Brad always talks about, if you if you continue to follow that process, that's what's going to ultimately work out for you. Like if, if you if you have the right rotations, guy makes a shot, he makes a shot. But if you have the right rotations, more often than not, it's going to work out. Having that energy and bringing it every night is going to be something that I want to see more of in none of these stinkers like the Knicks, the Hawks, and other games that we've seen this year where they don't even show up from the get. Yo, put your hand out real quick. What's up, bro? Is that shaking? Is that shaking? Shaking? Oh, man. Yo, you, you are like level-headed as shit right now, man. You are a disciple <laughs> of Coach Brad Stevens. I, lo- I love to see it. I love to see it. I agree, though, man. We got to, you know, we have to be consistent. Um, we need the heart, but we have to be playing, you know, with the head. We got to be thinking with the head, yeah. not with the heart. Um, I, I think that the Celtics just need to to be consistent, be consistent with our energy, be consistent with our plays and X's and O's and being just locked in on both ends of the court. Um, you know, doing, doing all the little things so that, you know, once Stevens feels good about, okay, I don't have to worry. I don't have to like manufacture energy with some weird lineup change. Like I can just trust my nine guys. Now we can start worrying about like maximizing that potential. So I, I agree hundred percent, man. Yeah, man, we're going to hit all these topics as we come in. Like we said, second half of the season getting started on Thursday against the Nets, which we're going to hit just real quick. A couple quick hits just around the NBA that I want to get your take on, and then we'll wrap up and get the hell out of here. Blake Griffin, we're going to see him on Thursday. He just bought out by the Pistons, signed by the Nets this weekend. He'll be joining up with the big three, KD, Kyrie, and Harden. What, what you make of it, because for me, honestly, I don't know if the, and I, the same thing as you said before. I listened to Simmons, but I tweeted it yesterday. I tweeted it yesterday, just so it's on record. We got receipts. Is, 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 is Blake Griffin really much different than Jeff Green, who you already have on your team? Is he really an upgrade over that? So, uh, you know, some people on Twitter were acting like, oh, man, it's the big four. And I ain't no freaking big four. You seen Blake Griffin this year? My man hasn't had a dunk since 2019. I'm not, I, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad signing. It's a low risk signing. But I don't think it, it changes much. They're probably still the favorite with or without him. Yeah, but Blake, I mean, it would be cool for the Celtics fans to see Blake Griffin because we've already seen him three times this year. We already played the Pistons three yeah. times, and he was one of the worst uh, players on the court. You know, yeah, so exactly. we, you know, we, we got lucky in that game we won because they should have been playing Sadiq Bay more, and they took him out for Blake Griffin down the stretch. So that was pretty much the reason we won the second game. And Sadiq Bay, for whatever reason, just absolute flamethrower against the Celtics. Yeah, player of the player of the week because of that. But ridiculous. Uh, yeah, but Blake with Blake, you know, like we're gonna see really quickly if he has anything left in the tank. I personally believe that he does. I don't think that Blake Griffin gave a shit about playing for the Pistons this season. Like, I mean, the fact that he doesn't have a dunk, I don't know if that's still true or not. It's still true. Since 2019, he hasn't had a dunk. I'm going to put money on it. 
I don't know who's betting with me. Blake Griffin gets a dunk <laughs> in his first game with the Nets. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I will be pissed if the first thing they do is come out and run like a Harden or Kyrie like pick and roll, and it's just an alley oop over the top. It's, it's a given. Uh, it's a given. If it's yeah, well, for, I, I I think he's legit washed. I I just don't think I, unless right, Blake Griffin was was pulling an all time rope a dope. I don't I don't think it, he was he was sandbagging it. Okay, let's bet it then. Um, okay. I say What's Blake Blake Griffin has a dunk in his first game with the Nets. Okay, I say he doesn't. What's the what's the bet though? Uh, dim sum. All right, we got it right here. Blake Griffin, one dunk. That's it. All he needs is one <laughs> oh, dunk. One dunk against the Celtics on Thursday night, and when he doesn't, your boy's gonna get some dim sum, and I can't wait. Uh, let's wrap it up right here, actually. Yeah. You know, because that's, that's a good way. We're, we're gonna hit a lot more stuff. There's a couple things floating out there in the rumor mill. Your boy's favorite time of year. I can't wait. I'll keep us all up to date. Um, but, yeah, that's going to put a bow on this one here. We're excited with the news from the beginning. Uh, heading over to the 617 podcast, part of the Crowworthy Network. We'll keep you all posted on what we got going here. But for now, and as always, Greg, lead us out, baby. All right. I'm going to play you out with some Black Sheep Optimist. This one is called The Path. Peace. I sneeze and I bless the message Forgiving they doubts, new king in the south